The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. It is Monday, March the 14th. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Live from the Low T Center Studio, 865-255-03, Irish Network's hotline, 90 days, no payment for business internet. Hour one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, happyhealer.com. Happy you will be, or the service is free. It feels good to be a champion. Feels good to be a champion, Ben. Good morning. Good morning. I said it's great to be a Tennessee Vol. Give me a V. V. I'm not making fun of AWOL today. I'm I'm all in the the chant spirit this morning. Oh give man. Give me a V. Give me an O. Give me an O. Give me an S. V. O. L. S. Go. Balls go. Do it again. Do it again. Not good. Give me a V. I was kidding. Okay. Oh man, the Kentucky Tennessee game. I was like, where, where, where's the Tennessee fans? But for that championship game, showed up, showed out. It was like a home game, and uh, just a lot of respect for Texas A&M, their basketball program. Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams had me ready to run through a brick wall when he was talking to the uh, SEC Network crew after they beat, I want to say, what, Auburn or Florida, one of the two. Or Arkansas. One of the two. And Buzz Buzz Williams was talking about the red pill used in the Matrix as an example of how he uh, talks to his team and the buy-in that he's gotten from his team. Man, he had me ready to run through a brick wall. And um, looks like they ran out of gas. Legs were a little, little, little weak. Couldn't make as many shots. I think Tennessee has something to do with that as well. But it's hard to look at A and M and how they played in the first three games, four games in four days. They looked like they were affected by it. But Tennessee dominated the entire. SEC tournament, Ben. The entire tournament. Tennessee probably was down a total of four minutes, maybe, in the entire tournament. Maybe four minutes. Pure domination. Josiah Jordan James. I just have one question this morning. I just have one question to start the show. You about to be petty, ain't you? Where you at, kid? <laughs> kid. Real quiet, man. Kid. <laughs> Where you at, my guy? See, what ha- 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 happened was my app. Kitty. You know, my app. I didn't update my app. Kitty. I lost my phone. Ah, 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 I don't know. Kenneth. <laughs> Where you at, kid? Man. Kid. Where you at, my guy? 
Josiah Jordan James. When we, when we left the show on Friday, we had a question, who was the most important player? Uh, I forgot who you who you selected. I said the post players. I said the post players. And for me, it was Josiah Jordan James. And, man, was he in his bag. Mm-hmm. Woo! Woo! Great argument for him to be the SEC tournament MVP. I'm totally fine with Kennedy Chandler because he was awesome. He was a game changer. And he made money this weekend. Oh, I oh, yes. I already saw draft analysts oh, yes. talking about it. Oh, I saw yes. uh, Sam Vicini of The Athletic, who is spot on in his draft coverage. That bag. He, he was already tweeting about it, how Kennedy Chandler helped himself this weekend. So, sounds like something that's been said on the show for the last couple of weeks. Go get, go get that It was bag. also talked about on Friday. Go get paid, Chef Chandler. Go There's get paid. not a better time to help your draft stock than March Madness. Than, than March with conference tournament, NCAA tournament. We, we saw one Vol try to do it too much when Tennessee went to the Sweet 16 back in uh, 18, 19. But Kennedy Chandler doing it the right way so far. Not, not trying to take too many jump shots to prove that he can knock down shots, staying within within himself and, and just playing extremely well. He was awesome. Remember we had a conversation about who should win SEC Defense Player of the Year. I think it was Pond's junior season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kentucky Guard won it over, over, over Pond's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next year, Pond's Ponds won it last year, and we had Dane Bradshaw on talking about. I think Ponds won it that that year. We had that discussion. Yes, because Herb Jones won it last year. That's right. That's right. Ponds did win. He wound up winning it because that Kentucky guard it wasn't got, a, got the doghouse. Yeah, it wasn't Emmanuel quickly. It no, was, it wasn't it quickly. Was the other one, somebody on the text box will let us know. Yeah, he 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 kind of got in trouble with Coach Kyle, got in the doghouse, and the rest is history. But before. Hagens, Ashton Hagens. I think it was. Uh, I think I think I think it might have. It, it was something been. Hagens. I think it might have been. I got it right here. Oh, that's football. Of course, of course, it ain't gonna show basketball easy. Um, but anyways, we had a conversation about who should win it. It's before the award was 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 given out. Before Pons wound up winning it, but I felt like the guard position. I gave the nod to it was the, Ashton Hagens. It was Hagens. I gave the I gave the nod to Ashton Hagens. This is before he got in trouble, got in the doghouse, and you know didn't play as much because I felt like a point guard that puts pressure on the basketball sets the entire tone for a great defense. And Dane Bradshaw came on, agreed, said the same thing, basically. But Kenan Chandler is is why I made that point. His reach, I know we've heard it 30,000 times, 6'7 reach, but his pressure on the ball, his quickness. You saw how he ripped that little boy from Texas A&M, dribbling behind his back. What What are you doing? You know you can't do that around Kenny Chandler. Give me those cookies. My ball, punk. <laughs> Kenny Chandler ripped him. Lightweight. Get out of here. Give me the ball. But that's, that's who sets the tempo defensively. And then when Zakaziela comes in, he sets the tone defensively. And now you can be aggressive getting in passing lanes. Now you can 
reach your goal of 40 deflections in a in a half, oh, excuse me, in a game. And Tennessee, or the Jimmy Dykes, around halftime was like, I think Tennessee might be halfway there. The steals, the transition, defense clamping down all tournament long. Has Kellen Grady made a shot yet? No. Has he has he even hit the rim yet? No. My goodness. Struggling. And he busted our butt at Kentucky, mm-hmm. just like everybody else on Kentucky's team. But that was not the case at the SEC tournament, Ben. That's what happens when you don't leave guys wide open. In that first matchup in Lexington, Kellen Grady was open, wide open, all game long, and he busted us for it. He was not open all game long on Saturday. There's constantly a hand in his face. Are you, the defense was the difference. Are you okay with Kenny Chandler getting the MVP over Josiah Jordan-James? Yes. I was actually thinking about the this morning as I was brushing my teeth. You thinking about Kennedy this morning? Well, I was thinking about him winning the uh, tournament MVP because there were a lot of takes on Twitter that I'm okay with Kennedy winning it, but Josiah should have won it. And uh, That but, means you're not okay with winning it, him winning it then. I am okay with Kennedy No, I'm saying the people that was like, I'm okay with Kennedy winning it, but so Josiah should have won it. That, that, that means you're not okay with Kennedy winning it. Right, but I was get, I, I was having those thoughts about those tweets, and then my thought was that, but does does Tennessee win the title without Kennedy? And look, it was all a group effort, and we're splitting hairs here. Uh, Santiago, you could put his name in the conversation. He was terrific. He he swung that game yesterday in the second half when he hit those three free throws. He stole the inbounds pass, and he he passed. Passed it to somebody, and they swung, swung to him in the corner, and he knocked down a, another three. Nine straight points. Uh, and well, that was six straight. And then I think the next shot, he, he made another three. He, he had scored nine straight points. Uh, or he made a three before the three free throws. I can't remember, but he scored nine straight. I remember that part. Uh, so Santi swung that game in the second half when, when A&M was starting to, to kind of inch back in it and, and gain a little bit more momentum. But I'm cool with Kennedy winning it because – Every time this weekend, when the momentum started to to swing in the other team's favor, for the most part, it was Kennedy Chandler who had an answer. You know, Josiah had the four straight threes in the Mississippi State game. Santi had the nine straight that I just mentioned. But aside from that, it was Kennedy nearly every single time when the momentum started to creep to the other team. Kennedy stepped up and made a play in the Kentucky game. He made four threes when Kentucky went on a run. Kentucky would go on a little bit of a run, and you start to think, oh, boy, here we go. Here comes Kentucky. Here comes the the big blue rush. Bam! Kennedy just knocks down a three right in their face. I mean, he did that four times to to kill a Kentucky run or kill the Kentucky momentum. He had the the four straight points uh, at some point this weekend. All the games are running together. I think that was the Kentucky game where uh, Kentucky, it was the end of the Kentucky game, where uh, Kentucky had cut it to five, I believe, and uh, they come out of the timeout, and uh, Kennedy gets a finger roll, and then he gets the steal and gets back for the easy dunk when it's just him uh, in transition off of the steal that he he came up with. So uh, that, that was another momentum-swinging couple of plays that he made in addition to the threes that he was busting in their face. Uh, and then he was, I mean, he had some of those big-time momentum swinging plays in, against Mississippi State on Friday. And 
against A&M yesterday, and, and that was on top of him playing all-around great basketball. So that's why I am okay with Kennedy winning tournament MVP is because I, I don't know that Tennessee beats Kentucky without him hitting those big shots to kill the Kentucky momentum. I, I don't think it's close, Ben. Honestly, I think it's, it's Kennedy Chandler. And the reason why I don't think it's close is because when Tennessee played Kentucky in the first game, got beat down, right? The second game, who didn't play the full game? It was Tata Washington. It was it was an away game. Well, you know, Tata didn't play fully. You know, he only played, you know, 12, 13 minutes. He wasn't healthy. Well, Tata looked pretty damn healthy to me on Saturday. And when you look around the country at freshman guards, Tata Washington has been talked about just like Kennedy Chandler. And at one point was talked about more than Kennedy Chandler and was playing better basketball than Kennedy Chandler. That Kentucky game, Kennedy Chandler put up 19 points. And when Tennessee needed the bucket, one-on-one, Chef Chandler got to the lane and hit you with the scoop, the scoop and layup. The John Morant. The finish. He has not missed that layup. Kentucky at home, Arkansas at home, Auburn at home. He has not missed that layup. It, it is perfect. Doesn't matter if he goes off his left foot or for his right leg or left leg. It doesn't matter. It's going in. He's finishing around the rim like he is 6'7", but he's only six foot, six foot one. Check this stat out, Ben. Let me hear it. In three games in SEC tournament, Kenny Chandler had 15 assists. Wow. Three turnovers. Five to one assist to turnover ratio. That's it right there. And then you put on top of that him shooting the basketball, 19 points against Kentucky. You mentioned him lighting it up against Texas A&M. He was four for seven. Efficient as all get out. He played the second most minutes by only one to Josiah Jordan James at 38. He played 37, excuse me. Like, Josiah was phenomenal. He was phenomenal, get me wrong. But Kennedy Chandler was the MVP. Yes, both of them played the best basketball of their career this weekend. And I realize that Kennedy Chandler is just a true freshman. Um, but as Florida Vols fan says here on the text box, Kennedy is not a freshman anymore. That's right. That dude is a leader, and I love the mindset of this team. And look, Tennessee needed it from Kennedy Chandler. They, they could not afford to have freshman first half of the season pre-Texas game Kennedy Chandler show up because the Kai Ziegler did not have a good weekend mm -mm. in totality. Rough rough day yesterday. Yes. Six and, seven turnovers. I yes. was counting them. Yeah, he had a lot uh, of turnovers throughout the weekend. Uh, he That that knee injury is bothering him. It, it really is. He barely practiced. It, it, he really didn't practice leading up to the tournament. Uh, that, that knee is has been lingering for a couple of weeks and, and simply did not practice leading into the tournament. And I, I think that is the, the root of the issue currently. And he look, he still made winning plays. He knocked down a big three against Kentucky. Mm -hmm. He knocked down a big three yesterday. Sure did. Uh, he, he was still pretty good on the ball, but was still getting blown by more than he typically does, which tells me that that knee really is bothering him. But I, I went and sat at Tennessee's practice on 
Wednesday, uh, Rick Barnes' last media availability in Knoxville before they went to Tampa, and they practiced right after, and Zakai was just standing on the sideline the entire time. And uh, I, honestly, I was surprised how efficient Folky was this weekend because Folky was pretty much in the same boat uh, during that practice as well of him having to have, I, I assume, something like Icy Hot rubbed on his hip for his hip pointer constantly. I mean, I saw him go over to Chad Newman, the Tennessee trainer, four or five times to, to again, what I assume is Icy Hot, be put on his hip pointer. And, I mean, he was struggling and practicing and to the point to where Rick Barnes was getting a little frustrated with what Folky was doing in practice. So I, I was surprised that Folky was as efficient as he was, not that he was – uh, the the Arizona performance or Kentucky performances of the past, but uh, I thought it was a good weekend for Folky in general, uh, helping Tennessee chip away at at their opponents. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was not a good weekend for Zakai. Yesterday he had uh, six turnovers, yep. six of the thirteen uh, against Kentucky. Uh, he had, he only had two, uh, but felt like they were critical turnovers. Uh, and then he did have one on Friday against Mississippi State. But yesterday was the the bad day with turnovers. And they they were just careless turnovers. Mm. Uh, Freshman turnovers that you have not seen him make all year long until recently since he's begun dealing with that knee injury. So you needed that from Kennedy Chandler. If if first half of the year Kennedy Chandler shows up, then it's a different story. It it is a completely different story. Uh, So Kennedy played the best basketball of his career, and I realize what I'm saying. It's only his freshman season. Uh, but he and Josiah, just to lump them together, played the best basketball of their career, especially Josiah. What he did offensively, uh, shooting the basketball, getting to the rim at times, facilitating what he did defensively, guarding one through five, uh, coming up with some big blocks throughout the weekend. Three blocks against Texas A&M. Yep, rebounding the basketball both offensively and defensively. Ten rebounds. I mean, he was just tremendous. Double that, double. That is that is the the that was five star Josiah Jordan James, and I love the tweet that I got on Saturday against Kentucky that Tennessee's five star Josiah Jordan James showed up more than Kentucky's five stars. They sure did. They sure did. Development, man. Development as a team and development individually. This is why Tennessee has coined the phrase development you when it comes to their basketball program because you can look at examples all across uh, the bench. Uros has improved. Um, Zakai Ziegler, look at what he has done his his first year. Kenny Chandler, Josiah Jordan-James. Santiago Vescovi. They talked about his conditioning, but... He shoots it. I think it's going in every time. Every time. I mean, his, 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 well, there, there his are, shot's so pure. There, I, We've had this discussion before. When he is set and he shoots it, I feel like it's going in every time. But when he's drifting or, or falling back, it never goes in. So uh, so when, when he's doing that, I, I – I, well, that one's not going in. I still think it's going in. I, I don't because he routinely, when he shoots off balance – I, I don't remember the last time he shot an off-balance three and it went in. When he's set, it goes in every time. When he is not set and drifting or whatever, it does not go in. 
Yeah, I'm saying I think it's going in every time he shoots it. I mean, he airballed one yesterday. It was fading so away. Pure. Yeah, I mean, he has got a pretty stroke. It's just I, I hate – I just wish he would get set more frequently than he does. He tries to shoot off one leg or fading away he's left, look, right, look, back. Lomano. I mean, he air- – Lomano, Manu Ginobili. Uh, he's trying to be. He's trying to be, and I, I appreciate the effort. But, I mean, he airballed one yesterday trying to do that. It happens. It happens. He, you don't shoot those unless you are banking them in practice and have confidence to shoot those shots. So, obviously, he feels like he can make those because he is shooting them in the games. That that tells me that more than several occasions he has busted those in practice. So, well, I would I would be curious to hear what Rick Barnes says because he's always said that when his guys catch them in in rhythm and are shooting them in rhythm. Uh, that that's when they are going in for sure. I mean, that's ideally what you want. You right. want to shoot the ball, you know, in rhythm. You want you know you, you to be set. But there's sometimes when you know your momentum is carrying you and you drift a little bit. But the fact that he continues to shoot them just tells me that he still has the green light. And you don't get the green light unless you're making them in practice. That's kind of how that stuff works. So, um, but his shots pure. The development across the board has been just tremendous from Bradley Huntley Hatfield. I still want him to dunk on people's faces a lot more, um, but his effort is there, and you can see that here in the next year, he's, he can be a problem. Same thing with Jonas Adu. The whole post post play issue that we were talking about, you know, two months ago, it, it may resolve itself with development, to be honest, for next year, but. We're living, we living in the moment today. We're living in the moment right now. It's Tennessee 2021-22 SEC champions. And I'll just say this. I would rather be tournament champions than regular season champions. I, yeah, I said it. Well, I, I did that because we had this conversation a couple of years ago. And I, I remember what I said, and I said that I'd rather be regular season champs because it is uh, a greater uh, description of what you did over time. I think it's more impressive to, to do it over the course of three months than, than one weekend. So I'm not going to go away from me saying that since I have said in the past that I think the, the regular season impressive. title is, is more impressive. It is more impressive. That's not the point. The point is I would rather be tournament champions than regular season champions. It's what I people would, remember more. I would rather be Tennessee right now than Auburn. Absolutely. So I would rather be tournament champions than regular season champions. But, yeah, I mean, regular season is more impressive. You do it over a longer period of time. You get to play on the road. Um, you you have more margin of error. But give me your best ball at the right time. I've said this for for weeks and weeks and weeks now. That's what it's about. And Tennessee's in a good position, which why you won't hear me complain too much about Tennessee not being a 2C. Yes. Should they be in 2C? Yes. But, eh, let's go play. There's not five teams in America right now playing better basketball in Tennessee. Let's go play. Swain event. Be right back. You're listening to the Swain event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah.
In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. 
Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Ben McKee, Jason Sway, Sway event fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Time for around the SEC and Whoa, there's a lot of stuff to get to today. My goodness, Ben, don't let me waste any more time, Ben. Get at it. I just, there are so many WTF moments over the weekend, aside from the actual games. I mean, Tom Brady announces that he's coming back last night. During March Madness. Yeah, how dare you ruin Selection Sunday? How, how dare you try to steal the limelight? and succeed in stealing the limelight from college basketball on Selection Sunday. Could you not have a little bit of respect? So, could, could you not wait? Or could you not have done this last weekend? Ugh. But also not a coincidence that he did so right before uh, free agency opened up or there was some deadline today or tomorrow where, like, players can start signing or something along those lines. And, and the Bucks have, like, 22 free agents. So no coincidence that he did it last night. Uh, that is why he did it last night, to help the Bucks out. Because uh, there's a lot of talk about him supposedly trying to... He's had his mind made up that he's going to come back. He's going to unretire after two months. Uh, but that he was going to go play for San Francisco. But apparently the Bucks were like, no. Yeah, you're coming back, you're going to play for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I do not blame them one bit, especially when you don't have a quarterback. Uh, so how dare you, Tom Brady? But SEC basketball, just what a circus this weekend. Off the court, not even on the court. Tennessee does what it does, wins its first SEC title in in 43 years. And Swain, I, I'll be honest with you, it was it was pretty emotional those last couple of moments of uh, the game as, as the buzzer's about to sound. I, I turned on the Vault Network. I wanted to hear Burt Burlkamp, what he was talking about, and, and he was fired up. And I mean, it's just crazy to think 43 years. 43 years. How many Vault fans ha- have not been around <laughs> within those 43 years and have never seen Tennessee win an SEC tournament title? I mean, I'm 26 years old. I've never seen one in my lifetime. And. Even in 1995, the year I was born, I mean, that was 20, 16 years before I was born. I mean, I, I wasn't even thought of. I mean, my, my parents were kids. I mean, they're like 10 years old, 12 years old. Last time Tennessee won an SEC title. So that, that was really cool. But off the court, I just I don't even know what to start with. Uh, I don't I don't know what's crazier, Will Wade or, or Mike White. I think Mike White is crazier. Mike I, White. I think. 
That is the bigger what in the absolute blank is going on. Uh, it, it comes down right before the selection show starts last night that Mike White, Florida head basketball coach, is taking the Georgia job. Georgia has hired Mike White to be the program's next men's basketball head coach. The school announced on Sunday. The move comes after Georgia fired Tom Crean on Thursday after losing a program record 26th game the season and getting eliminated from the SEC tournament by Vanderbilt. White took the helm at Florida after the 14-15 campaign, and prior to Florida, he was the head coach at Louisiana Tech for four years, and before that had assistant coaching stints with Ole Miss, his alma mater, and Jacksonville State. Uh, Mike White is 243-128. and 128. His record at Florida was 142-88, and 88, which included four NCAA tournament appearances. Tom Crean went 47-75 and 75 in four seasons at Georgia. I, I do think Mike White is better than Tom Crean. I, I don't think Mike White is a bad coach, but I just don't understand how if you want to take basketball seriously, why would you hire Mike White? I just don't get it. I, I don't think this is a taking basketball seriously type of move because while it may move the needle to get Georgia into the NCAA tournament, I mean, that, that kind of seems to be the ceiling. It, it doesn't seem like Mike White is going to produce deep runs start with, within the tournament. And look, I, I get that, but I, I just feel like at Georgia, they have the resources to where they could potentially go out and, and swing a, a big stick. Now, granted, those resources are more about the University of Georgia and not the Georgia basketball program itself because they have neglected the Georgia basketball program like like Tennessee baseball has been neglected here in Knoxville. It, it, we talked about this last week, Georgia basketball, kind of the Tennessee baseball in terms of facilities and being behind. But I do think Mike White is an upgrade over Tom Cream, but I don't I mean, four, five, six years from now, I think Georgia's going to be looking for another coach. This, I'll tell you why it makes sense. The, the reason why it makes sense, if you're Georgia, how long are you, are you going to wait to talk to some of these coaches who are competing right now in, in the NCAA tournament? I'm telling you right now, a name and a coach that I got my eyes on right now, and that is a coach who just won a national championship, a coach that built his program from nothing, and that is Scott Drew. I got my eyes on Scott Drew. The reason why I got my eyes on Scott Drew is because look at the Big 12. Look at what Riley Lincoln did, Lincoln Riley did. Look what he did. He left OU for USC because the Big 12 is dissolving before our eyes. And if I'm Scott Drew, as much as I love me some Baylor, and I built Baylor, remember, Baylor basketball program, you had a tragedy that occurred with one player taking the life of another. And then you had a coach basically trying to cover it up, accusing the player of drug dealing. It was a mess. Bottom. Hit rock, hit rock bottom. And Scott Drew came in and built that program to a national champion last year. And they're number one seed this year. But if I am Florida, Scott Drew's number one on my list. 
And this is why, as Tennessee fans, we wanted Mike White to get an extension, a lifetime extension at Florida, because we have seen what a good coach can do at Florida. They can win a championship like Billy Donovan. But keep your eyes on Scott Drew. If you're yep. Florida, you can afford to wait. Like, you can wait. You're, you're, you're good. Like, those, you, you have a commitment to basketball. It's okay. You're going to have good players regardless. You have a brand. You can wait. I think Mike White was like, listen, I might as well get out and get me a fresh contract. I get why Mike White left. I, I don't blame him at all because he 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 was going to be on the chopping block and, and probably be gone after this upcoming season because he wasn't going to get an extension this offseason. At least he wasn't expected to. And, I mean, Florida would have parted ways with him after next season anyway. So yep. why not get a, a new four- or five-year contract, fresh start, you're still in the SEC, theoretically you can go get talent in Atlanta. I just I, – I am very underwhelmed if I am a, a Georgia fan. I do think it's an upgrade, but it's not hard to upgrade from Tom Crean. Mm-hmm. And to me, this isn't much of a championship level higher, which lack of resources are not within the basketball program itself. I mean, that, that should not be the standard at Georgia there, in my opinion. Now, it's a good thing for Tennessee, I think, because I don't, I don't think you, you have to really worry about Georgia just becoming some juggernaut inside the league. They'll, they'll be better under Mike White, but again, they're not going to be some juggernaut. Like Rick Barnes will still coach circles around Mike White like he does every year, twice a year. So I'm I'm not worried about that as a Tennessee fan. For Florida, I think this move can be – my first thought when I saw this was this for Florida is what Conzo Martin was to Tennessee when Conzo took the cow job. Like it, it's not a bad thing. Like everybody was like, oh, Conzo Martin's leaving Tennessee, yada, yada, yada. But we also knew that aside from the Sweet 16 run, Conzo was a little underwhelming, and that's what Mike White has done at Florida. He's been underwhelming at Florida. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a Florida fan, this is – I'm just head over heels happy this Mm -hmm. morning. Now, here's here's my question to you, Swain, Uh, and and there's been this thought process out there the last couple of years. Maybe it was just solely because of Mike White and there's too much recency bias. But is Florida basketball – really a, a great job or was just Billy Donovan and what he was able to build more of an anomaly and just kind of an, an outlier of, of what Florida basketball can be. I think it's a good job. I, I don't know if I would say great. Right. That, that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, it's a, it's a really good job. It's a really good job. Yeah. I mean, it's SEC school, big time brand name. Mm-hmm. You should be able to recruit there, but it's, but it's not like I, I kind of think Tennessee's a better basketball job. I, I, people I think ca- t- people I, care more about Tennessee basketball. I mean, when you when you look at it that way, the care factor there is a bigger care factor with Tennessee fans and basketball than it is with Florida fans and really any sport besides football. To be honest, right? I mean, they're they're they have a national championship winning baseball team, <laughs> and like they they struggle to to get people to come out and and support. We do need to talk about. Uh, Will Wade and Conzo Martin. Ah, uh, Will Wade. But first, let's. Set, I'm uh, Conzo though. Yeah, I am. actually, I'm, he he gonna be okay. He will. We'll we'll get to them in a moment. Let's get to TC in Athens because I know TC uh, wants to talk about what's going on at Georgia. I'm I'm sure it's no coincidence that we start talking about 
Mike White and, and Georgia and Tom Crean and, and TC calls in. TC, what's, what's up? up? <laughs> I really wasn't calling about that, but I'll, I will put it in my two cents. <laughs> it's just coincidence then. <laughs> Man, first of all, Georgia fans, I think, are going to be highly disappointed in this hire of Mike White because I think the ones that are, which, trust me, very few people here even give a rip about basketball. I mean, they, they would rather go watch a women's gymnastics meet than a men's basketball game, most fans in this area. Um, so, the, But the ones that do care were all about Jonas Hayes. And that's where they want. That's who they wanted. And uh, so I, I think uh, this isn't going to do anything to uh, stir up that fan base and, and uh, get support, in my opinion. So anyway, uh, but hey, uh, we were talking earlier about um, uh, Kennedy Chandler, MVP, and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and dude, when you got three guys that could be an MVP, and and I truly believe you could have named uh, Vescovy, Triple J, or Chandler, and nobody would have had a problem with it because all three were so freaking important in this tournament. And it's and I got to thinking, man. You know, if Kamwa doesn't get hurt, and, you know, I hate I hate when these guys get hurt because, I, you know, just the hours and hours of preparation they put in. But I just don't think we, we make this kind of run if Kamwa doesn't get hurt because it just – it forced us to go deep. And we are – we have got to be one of the deepest teams in the country, period, um, it, at every freaking position. And also, I just want to give a shout-out to the training staff because when, uh, man, when Kenzie Chandler went down that first game, I mean, everybody I know was, you know, just, oh, no. But somehow, some way, not only did he come back and play in that game, but the next couple of games, I mean, it didn't look like he missed a step at all. <laughs> I, I don't know how you turn your ankle like that and then come back and play at the level that he did, the speed he did. Um, so that training staff, man, they deserve an attaboy for sure. Toughness, too, by Kennedy, man. Toughness by mm-hmm. him. and the tra- good, Great point. Great point. I'm pretty sure that he had all uh, around-the-clock treatment. Because um, you sprain your ankle, the, the, the worst is the next day. Mm-hmm. It gets all swollen. It gets all tight. And Kennedy played the next day. <laughs> Just a beast. I mean, he balled out. He sure did. Hey, I don't think he had a single turnover against Kentucky. If uh, I remember correctly, he had three against Kentucky, but he didn't. Oh, have, he did. Okay. Yeah, he didn't have a turnover against Mississippi State or against A and M. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state game where he did turn his ankle, he didn't have any. That's yep. right. So anyway, that, that's all I got, man. I'm just, I'm just so, brother. I mean, I was four years old the last time we won a a, uh, a championship, man in basketball, or at least, a, you know, a tournament championship. I, and I certainly don't remember it. So, man, I was just – we had about 30 – maybe 25 of us yesterday, um, uh, Tennessee fans that live here in Athens, Georgia. And, uh, and brother, we just started shouting at the end of the game, it's great to be a Tennessee ball in that, uh, in that establishment that we were in. And people were giving us side eyes and all. But, brother, we were loving it. Go ball. I love it. I love it. I saw the picture, TC. I saw it, man. That's great. And how about uh, Kennedy Chandler going four for six from the free throw line this weekend? Missed the front end of a one and one yesterday, 
That was a little frustrating, but the free throw stroke looked drastically different and so much better this weekend. His last free throw when he had the and one and the flex, and then he almost airballed the free throw. Well, that's right. It was an and one, not not the front yeah, end. It was it was Who, an, it was somebody an missed one. the front end of a, a one and one yesterday. Because I, I remember Carl Ravage calling it one on one. I was like, huh? <laughs> that that is that is that's what scares you about about this Tennessee team. Don't get me wrong. This Tennessee team has a lot of strengths, and they're playing to their strengths right now, and they're playing hot. But the Achilles heel is the free throw shooting, uh, in particular, Kenny Chandler's free throw shooting. But he he did he was better, man. It looked You're drastically right. different. Right. But his 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 free throw on the end one was him leaning back and fading away before the ball hit the rim and not following through, and that's kind of what he did. You know, Georgia game and some of the other games where he were coming up short on his free throw. So he can't go backwards. He He's made some great strides in the last couple of days. He just needs to continue that. Yes. Uh, so Will Wade, no longer the coach at LSU. Uh, LSU has fired Will Wade after receiving a notice of allegation that details significant misconduct the school announced on Saturday. The firing means that Wade, who was in his fifth season at LSU, will not coach in the upcoming NCAA tournament, and assistant Kevin Nickelberry will serve as the interim coach. And Nickelberry. LSU did draw a six seed last night, and they will play Iowa State, which you can go ahead and pencil in Iowa State to win that game with all the drama going on around LSU. And Iowa State was a team that many felt were misseeded, underseeded, and were surprised that they were an 11 seed, so... Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But this will mark the second time that Wade has been unable to coach a Tigers team he led to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. In 2019, LSU won the SEC regular season championship, but Wade was suspended for the conference and NCAA tournaments after reports revealed that a federal wiretap captured him discussing a strong-ass offer for a recruit. Wade was 108-54 and 54 at LSU. He previously coached VCU to a pair of of NCAA tournament appearances and had a strong two-year stint at UTC. Before that, nearly the entirety of Wade's tenure at LSU operated under the pall of the Federal Basketball Investigation, which became public in September 2017. According to an NCAA notice of allegations that was obtained by ESPN on Saturday through an open records request, there are eight level one violation allegations in LSU's notice. Seven are alleged to be tied to the men's basketball program. One of those pertains specifically to football, and the two sports share an allegation that the, quote, institution failed to exercise institutional control and monitor the conduct and administration of its football and men's basketball programs. There are two level two allegations, one football and one basketball, and one level three for football. Will Wade is accused of five level one violations, and one level two violation. Mm. Associate men's basketball head coach Bill Armstrong, who was also fired, is accused of one level one violation and one level two violation. Uh, In a statement, LSU said it also terminated Armstrong's contract. Mm. According to documents obtained by ESPN in August of 2020, the NCAA's enforcement staff received information that Wade arranged for offered and or provided impermissible payments, including cash payments, to at least 11 men's basketball 
prospective student athletes, their family members, individuals associated with the prospects and or non-scholastic coaches in exchange for the prospects enrollment at LSU. The allegations were included in the NCAA enforcement staff's request that its infractions case involving the LSU men's basketball program be adjudicated through the independent accountability resolution process, which was created to handle complex cases. Uh, as part of Wade's reinstatement in 2019, he agreed to an amend amended contract that included a stipulation allowing the university to fire him with cause if he was found to have committed level one or level two violations. So obviously uh, that goes into effect. And the last thing that I want to get to, I know I'm getting a little lengthy here in this story, but no, no, no. T- take your time, Ben. <laughs> the, the big allegation uh, that kind of went viral on social media is that among the fire, the five level one L- allegations, the NCAA accused Wade of providing impermissible cash payments to the former fiance of a student athlete in order to buy her silence regarding prior and current impermissible inducements to student athletes or prospective student athletes. The allegation has not been previously reported. NCAA investigators also found text messages between Wade and the woman in July and August 2017, in which the woman told Wade that people had offered her money to talk about LSU's payment to players. She texted Will Wade, please contact me by the end of the day or I will have to take them up on the offer. Wade responded, call me. And then on July 27th, 2017, your birthday, the woman sent another text message to Wade, which said, I need five more to put down a payment on a car. Put it in the same account. Will Wade said on August 1st, I'm sorry you were having money issues. You said we were done after after the last transfer I sent. So in my mind, we are done. No, we're not done. So Will Wade is gone. LSU basketball is in serious trouble. And I I just don't, don't know how they are going to attract a coach under these circumstances. I mean, this is worse than Tennessee trying to hire somebody after Jeremy Pruitt. Oh, well, yeah. It depends It depends on what LSU gets hit with. I think it's time that um, there's some people out here that owe Dondi Plowman uh, an apology. Yeah. And Randy Boyd an apology. Because remember the criticism that they received when we fired Jeremy Pruitt and fired people and acted swiftly because you look down at LSU and people say, well, look, I mean, look what LSU's doing. I mean, they haven't fired Will Wade. They're just doing whatever you want to do. And they stood by him, blah, 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 blah. LSU looks like they're taking a page out of Tennessee's book. But it's too late for LSU because you stood by him this whole entire time. You stood by him for years, for years. And you can pretend like you didn't know, but you knew. You stood by him. And now that he's 99 in the conference, his team's not as good. Now is when you fire him. Uh Look, looks a little fishy to me. But Will Wade is not Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl's charismatic, was able to, to work at ESPN, was able to 
get a job right here in Knoxville. Was taken care of until he got the Auburn job. Bruce did a lot in the community. Now, Bruce wasn't perfect. He wasn't an angel, but he did do that. Well, Wade is done. Done, son. He's done, son. Bye, Felicia. You don't want his face on ESPN. No. You don't, you don't want to see him. You don't want his face, the face of your college basketball program? No, I'm saying, like, Will Wade is, like, done. We won't see Will Wade for a very long time. Very long time. Because he's not, he's not charismatic enough to be, to be a college analyst on ESPN. ACC Network, SEC Network. Can't touch him. He's a sleazy. He's a sleaze bag. And he's not going to get another D one job. Oh no, he may he's show calls, big time show calls. Yes, and even when he does return to coaching, it's going to be JUCO or the Steve Forbes route or the uh, Donatello route. Rick Pitino. No, it'd be Donatello. I, I I bet you Will Wade gets a uh, a G League job. The Donnie Tindall route. And speaking of Donnie Tindall, thank you for mentioning him because I was about to say this. Love Mr. Donnie Tindall. Nobody was smiling bigger and harder than Donnie Tindall this weekend. Yeah, let me holler at my man Donnie Tindall. I can't, I can't wait to holler at my guy Donnie Tindall. Man, I know he's smiling from ear to ear. Will Wade trying to snitch back in the day. I can't wait to talk to my guy Donnie Tindall. That's right. Uh, before we uh, get to Turkey Man, before we hit the top of the hour real quick, do want to mention that as we did mention, Conzo was fired after five seasons, the school announced on Friday, in a move that drew criticism from several of his colleagues throughout college basketball. This story on ESPN says uh, Martin took over the Tigers in 2017 after three seasons at Cal with Missouri hiring him to replace Kim Anderson. The Tigers reached the NCAA tournament in Martin's first season and then went to the tournament again in 2021 but they failed to advance out of the first round in each this season. Missouri went 12-21 and 21 overall, 5-13 and 13 in SEC play, and the Tigers' season ended Thursday with a 76-68 loss to LSU in the, in the SEC tournament. Missouri lost seven of its last nine games to end the season, and Rick Barnes is the first opposing coach quoted in this story because he shared a terrific – Terrific story about Conzo Martin uh, after the game against Mississippi State on Friday when he was asked what he thought about Conzo getting fired, and Rick Barnes responded, I've got two adopted black grandchildren, and I called him one day and said, help me through this. Tell me what I need to know as a grandfather. My daughter was having some issues that she wanted an answer to, and Conzo's wife talked with my daughter, and so I look at him in a whole different light. Uh, Bill Self. Uh, said, I know schools and businesses have to make decisions that are sometimes hard to make and are sometimes unpopular, or sometimes they do it because it is popular. But that's two coaches in the last two days at our biggest rivals. And he was also referring to Bruce Weber at Kansas State resigning on Thursday. Uh, Bill Self said, I feel bad for Conzo. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a better guy, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet. Uh, and, and look, the, the sentiment is spot on. I mean, Conzo is one of the best in the country at molding young men and being a mentor and a father figure and, and all those things. But 
I absolutely think that Missouri made the right move from a basketball decision, which mm-hmm. is what needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri basketball, not good. And Conzo did run into some bad luck there in Columbia with some injuries over the year to Michael Porter Jr. Brings in the number one overall player in the country, and, and Michael Porter Jr. can barely play because of a back injury. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman uh, and, and uh, Jonte Porter. Some real unfortunate injuries there that that just did not work out for Conzo. Uh, but as, aside from that bad luck, I mean, they, they were not good. He, he was not recruiting the St. Louis area all that well, and St. Louis has a ton of basketball talent within that city, and there's not a whole lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. And Yeah, yeah, uh-oh. Nobody was showing up to games. Uh, so I certainly think Missouri made the right decision from a basketball standpoint. And I, I do feel bad for Conzo because I, I, I people like him deserve to have success. Mm-hmm. And he – he has had success in the sense that he has really impacted young men's life, and that is more important than wins on the basketball court, if we're being frank. But this is also a business, and he's, he's got to win, and he has not done that at Missouri. Yep. Well put. Well put. Let's get to the phones. Bring in uh, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, individuals. I was going to ask a little bit about uh, LSU uh, and their – uh, coach filling in. I was wondering if anybody in the tournament history had ever went very far under that circumstances. If, and but uh, also I was going to ask you: Was we did Tennessee? Was they ever behind in this tournament? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe like four minutes all tournament. Uh, a little bit at the beginning of. Um... They trailed Kentucky for 56 seconds and Mississippi State for 13 seconds. Yeah. So for a minute and nine seconds, one minute, nine seconds, that's all Tennessee trailed all weekend. <laughs> Domination. Well, what, what about uh, what's your feelings on the, the draw, uh, how, how we got – Placed and what? Uh, talk a little bit about that. You know, here I'm gonna get. Yeah, we will. We will, Turkey man. Thank you, man. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah, we plan to get to to that uh, coming up in, in hour number two. And I don't remember anybody under the circumstances that LSU was going to be under in the tournament make it very far. There's nobody I can think of off the top of my head. Somebody's gonna have to alert me to something somebody did over the course of time to, I mean, to take an interim coach and go far in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, the last time they had an interim coach, they didn't, you know, they didn't. They they did a pretty good job at the SEC tournament, but I don't think they went far in the NCAA tournament. But they're athletic. They are still one of the best defensive teams in the country. And um, maybe this is weight lifted off of their, their shoulders. Xavier Pinson is, is one of the best point guards in the country. Um, if Iowa State can't make shots, then who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? And then uh, Wisconsin, who got the love over Tennessee, even though Wisconsin is also a three seed. I don't know what the and they were the higher three seed. Yeah, they were a higher three seed. But they, I mean, they. I understand that explanation more than I, more than Joe Lenardi's explanation uh, when he was asked about Tennessee being a two. He seed. didn't have an explanation. He didn't have one, but the. The committee member did have an explanation for why Tennessee wasn't um, 
higher than Wisconsin, but LSU, man, they 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 have a chance. The SEC is the toughest league in America, but only got a couple teams in. And Big Ten got what eight or nine teams in, but I think LSU could could make a run. I mean, I think they are talented enough, but they have been up and down. They have not been disciplined, and I'm sure that weight will be lifted off of their shoulders. Let's see how good the assistant coaches are and how good the leadership is inside of that locker room. Um, but I got my bracket. It is not filled out because I got some time. I got today and tomorrow to fill it out, and uh, we'll do a bracket challenge, a Swain event bracket challenge as well this year, Ben. Um, but looking at the different regions, looking where Tennessee is playing and who they are playing, I thought Longwood was a movie or a Netflix series. I had no idea they were a real college but this is a time of year where I learn about schools that I've never heard of, heard of before. Just please don't say anything that will tick them off. Just keep, keep your comments in bounds. We don't need you jinxing Tennessee. You know, I, I, I have bad luck with my Grizzlies. You have bad luck on Tennessee men's basketball. I, mean, I said something about Colgate. And Colgate. <laughs> they win? No, but if you no. remember correctly, Remember in the second half, late, they couldn't miss from three. It was starting to make it closer than, than what it should be. Did they win the game? Did Tennessee lose to Loyola Chicago? They did. Last time I checked, I didn't make any free throws. I didn't play in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are really bad luck for the Grizzlies. Don't even try to <laughs> rub your bad luck off on I me. Know, I know, I know. Look, I, I, uh, I'm going to go to Indy later this week. And you know what I do. First thing I do when I when I see that I'm going to travel to a new city, I, I look up the schedule for the sports team <laughs> that that is Pacers. in that town. The, so in this case, the Pacers, and it clicked in my head after I looked at the schedule, wait, the Pacers aren't going to be in town at that time because they're playing in the Pacers arena. But it's, it's funny, the, the, the tournament starts on Thursday in Indianapolis at the Pacers Stadium, the Pacers Arena. The Grizzlies are – at the Pacers tomorrow night. So it <laughs> it almost worked out to where the, the Grizzlies were at the Pacers the, the weekend that Tennessee was in Indianapolis. And I thought to myself, oh, that's a good thing. I don't have to suffer through another embarrassing loss that I absolutely would have paid money to go see. Stay away from the Grizzlies, man. Stay away. They're 3-0 since uh, they lost it in Houston. Stay away. Swain event. Be right back.